if it was possible that I will believe in Jesus, put my faith in Jesus and follow in his footsteps as he leads me and still go to hell. What's the point? Hey guys, I'm Jemima and welcome back to the Darby Jesus Kid podcast. If this is your very first time tuning into this show, hearing my voice, I am so, so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. It's another week and I am here. So that is big. <laughs> like it's it's been a long time since I just came back like the next week. So glory to god um i hope you guys are doing good i hope you're safe i hope you're well i hope you're healthy and for me i am i'm good and i am definitely very very excited to just get into today's topic so i'm not going to waste any more time let's just get right into it okay so i'm sure you've seen that title and you know what we're talking about or maybe you've read the description and you know that today we're talking about the assurance of salvation. This is a topic that hits very, very close to home. This one I have struggled with. Like if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, the one on the gospel, like Grace as License, I've talked about it often and you probably will still hear me talk about it a lot more in the future how I was never sure of my salvation right it you know it was a recent well I don't know it's two years recent like it's two three years is that still recent if you count that as recent then yes it was only until recently that I actually you know believed and knew that you know actually it wasn't just you know a point I saw something in scripture and I was like wow and that was the turning point for me and we're going to talk a lot about all of that today so once again the best approach to a subject like this is bible bible and more bible so we're just going to talk Bible today and I am excited, clearly. So, okay, so assurance of salvation, right? And there's a reason why I saved the this one for last. You can call it best for last or maybe not. Like the gospel, the gospel episode is still the best because, I mean, Jesus became flesh. That is never going to get over it you should never get over that like that is insane that is amazing what god did to reach us just to establish a relationship with us and to save us from ourselves from a debt we could not pay that is amazing it will never not be amazing okay so yes we know about the gospel if you haven't again if you haven't listened to that episode please do go back and listen to the episode on the gospel because it makes no sense if we're talking about assurance of salvation when you don't even know what salvation is all about right so that episode is very important the grace as license episode is also very important because when we're talking about assurance of salvation it's kind of like eggshells walking on eggshells because it's kind of like just listening to this kind of episode, if taking out of context, can push people into the 
um extreme of like oh i can do whatever i want and yeah i'm saved i can do whatever i want you know and so yes i really really want you to like go listen take your time maybe after this maybe before please listen to those previous episodes they are very important for this one okay so salvation and assurance um one of my pastors says this often and he says there is no salvation without assurance and that's just something i want you to keep at the back of your mind while listening to this episode and if you're someone that maybe you're struggling with this you know you're not really sure if you are saved or maybe you've been asked the question before like oh if jesus should come now are you going to go with him are you going to go to heaven and you were like stammering you cannot beat your chest and be like yes i'm going to go because you can think of like two seconds ago when you just told it lie or you know you harbored an evil thought in your mind and all that um yeah so this is especially for you if you find yourself in that category and I just want to say before we even get into any of the scriptures we're going to read today first of all is that it is very possible to be saved and not be sure that you are saved that doesn't change the fact that you are saved though the mere fact that you are unsure about it which shouldn't be so you should be sure about it but the mere fact that you are unsure about it does not mean that you are not saved so let that just give you a breather right now breathe and relax you know you should be sure but if you're not sure it's okay that's why we do stuff like this right okay okay so i want to tell a story and i feel like a lot of people that are listening currently are familiar with this story most likely because they went to the same high school as i did anyways um so in my high school it was a christian high school and one recurring thing that happened every sunday consistently was the prayer of salvation the most i would do without praying that prayer is maybe 2 weeks and then the third week i'm back again praying for salvation and at some point it became a song like we literally <laughs> it's so funny like we literally turned it into a song at some point because it became funny right it became jesus save my soul i don't want to sin again i don't want to go to hell i just want to like it was a whole thing it was a whole song um and it happened very often so that salvation thing lost its shock value i would say to me it, because it's like every week i'm praying for the exact same thing over and over again you know i'm not praying for god's will to be done in my life i'm not praying for god's kingdom on earth right every day back to back every sunday i am praying that god will save my soul and then if i leave that place and maybe on monday i get angry and maybe i insult someone or i say something i wasn't supposed to say at that instant i'm just like wow back to square zero like we're back again right back again to pray for salvation like god save my soul jesus i believe in you and all that right and so it's like okay so am i ever going to be like is it possible i didn't even believe that it was possible that i could ever be saved i did not believe that it was possible that i can be sure rather of my salvation it just felt like this kind of gamble 
like i just pray you know we say it jokingly but i think we really meant it then when we would just say stuff like i just pray that maybe i've just finished praying for salvation and then jesus will just come immediately as i'm standing up from that altar jesus comes and so i'm taking i'm raptured right no no problem but there are many flaws in that that kind of thinking many many flaws um but that was just it that was just the reality we're living in and i think that there's still a lot of people that are still sitting in that um on that table i should say so it's very important that we do this so i'm not even going to be like giving you oh you should be so sure you're saved oh you're saved and you're sure no i am going to give you the bible i'm going to give you the word of god that is a lamp to our feet and light to our path the word of god that is direction you know the word that was made flesh is what i'm going to give back to you today and then you're going to look at it and i encourage you to even go back and read the scriptures and pray about it and let the holy spirit speak to you on this topic of assurance of salvation right okay so let's get into the first one the very first um the very first scripture i want to um highlight is from the old testament right because we can even see from the old testament that it has always been god's plan to forgive sin and remember no more and not keep records of everything that you've done wrong and i'm just going to prove that to you with a lot of scriptures we'll start with isaiah 43 verse 25 says i even i i am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake and i will not remember your sins this was god speaking through the prophet isaiah and he's saying that i am the one that blots out your transgression not because you were good enough not because you deserved it but he said for my own sake you know in other passages in scripture he will say for my name's sake it's interesting that we know psalm 23 very popular psalm and then we get this part lead me into the path of righteousness for your name's sake not because you deserve it but because now you've been saved and you bear his name for his name's sake he will lead you in the path of righteousness he will and so this is god saying i will not remember your sins and of course this was prophecy and this was to be fulfilled in his christ So because of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus, he will not remember your sins. He doesn't keep records of sin. I think one of the scriptures that really blew me away when I read it is Psalm 130 from verses 3 to 4. And it says, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. If God should sit down and decide to mark our sins, like, okay, you've lied today, cancel, eternal life, gone. Who would stand? Somewhere, somehow, we have this ideology that God does that to the man in Christ, that God does that. He still keeps record of your sins. But there is no record. He said, your sin will I forgive and remember no more. 
He says to Isaiah, through Isaiah rather, and he says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. It's me that will do it. It's not you. Nothing you can do can make your garments white. It is stained with sin. But I will do it for my name's sake. And so if God should mark iniquities, nobody can stand. So don't even think that it's possible. And so that's why God, that means everybody. That means nobody, nobody's going to survive. And so it's all a waste. And Christ died for nothing. And that's something I realized later. Is that if there is no assurance of salvation, then why did Jesus die? If it was possible that I will believe in Jesus, put my faith in Jesus, and follow in his footsteps as he leads me, and still go to hell. What's the point? Why did Jesus endure all those sufferings? Why did he say, if there be any other way, God, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Why did he not just say, you know what, it's not even worth it. They're going to sin again and it's all going to be a waste. No. The wrath of God was fully satisfied in his Christ. He fully, he said, let this cup pass over me. And the cup was the cup of his wrath towards sin. And the Bible tells us that Jesus became sin. So that we can become the righteousness of God in him. He became sin for us. So how is it possible that we would now be punished for a sin that Jesus had already paid for? Clearly, I'm getting too excited. Anyways, let's get into more scriptures. So there's another Psalm of David and it's Psalm 32 verse 1 and 2. And this is so amazing. It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. It does not say blessed is the man whom does not commit sin or whom does has no iniquity in him. It says blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered by the blood of Jesus, I would add. And blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not Im- impute iniquity. I think this is very amazing because this is David that has not seen the promised Messiah. He does not know of the plan of God in his Christ. But God has already given these words to him prophetically. That is assurance. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. I am that man. Or I am one of those men that God will not impute iniquity. And that's amazing. Not because I don't have iniquity, but because Christ took it. Christ died for it. Christ paid the price 
the price that I owed and could not pay. You know, he said again in Jeremiah 31 from verses 33 to 34, and it says, But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And verse 34 says, No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. And this is the part, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. The Bible says, As far as the east is from the west, that is how far God has removed our iniquities from us. Can you imagine that distance? And another scripture I really, really love, still from the Old Testament, is Proverbs 24 verse 16. And please, guys, at your own time, please make notes of some of these scriptures because it's very important that you read them and remind yourself and reassure yourself so that you can be confident in your salvation. And it says... For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. I even love KJV more because it says, A righteous man falls seven times and rises again. It even says it definitively like, It happens. The righteous man falls. But the difference between the righteous man and the wicked is that when the righteous man falls, the righteous man will rise again. That is the work of the Holy Ghost in you. Is that no matter how many times you fall, you will rise again. So it's back to that race. I feel like I've given this analogy many times. That you are running. Right? And then we somehow have the idea that the moment you fall on the tracks... You are disqualified from the race, which in reality, that never happens. You get up and you keep running, right? But before Christ, when you fall, that's it. Because you have sinned and the wages of sin will forever be death. But now for the man in Christ, you fall and guess what? The spirit is not condemning you. And say, oh, you are, you are useless. You are not worth my time. No. He convicts you of that sin. You repent of it and guess what? You get up and you keep running. Paul says, forgetting the past, I press on. I don't sit and dwell in the past. That's the work of the Holy Ghost in you. You move on. Rise again. You are the righteous man. Isn't it interesting? That a righteous man falls, not once, not twice, seven times, but rises again. That's what differentiates a righteous man from the wicked. Because it says the wicked shall fall by calamity. So just one take and it's done. Okay, so maybe this is still not like you don't quite still agree with all of this, right? You still need more proof. And now let's go into some of the words that Jesus spoke himself. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith, right? He's the author and finisher. He's the one that started it and he finished it. 
That's also very important in this context because God finished it. Jesus said it is finished. The debt of sin had been paid. And we can end this here. But let's go into some of the things that Jesus said himself while he was on earth. And then we'll start from John 3. Right? We know the infamous discourse that he had with Nicodemus. And that's where the popular John 3.16 came about. But even before verse 16, let's start from verse 14. So it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the wor- but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18 says, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Key point there is, he who believes in him is not condemned. You are not condemned. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for he who is in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is no condemnation for you. That's not why God sent his Son to the world. If Jesus came just to condemn us for our sins, he could have done that from heaven. He didn't have to come down. But he came that the world through him might be saved. He came for the salvation of your soul. It's a sure thing. You know, the whole of John 6 is really powerful as well. Jesus, you know, he's talking about talking to the people after he fed them at 5,000 and they came back again looking for more bread. And Jesus is like, you know what? I am the bread from heaven. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And in verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 39 says, this is the will of the father who sent me that that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. It's a surety. I will raise him up at the last day. I will do it. Notice sometimes in scripture when God is saying, for my name's sake, I will do it. I will raise him up. I will keep him from falling away. He's the one that does it. The mistake we make is that we put it in our hands. We think our salvation is in our hands, but guess what? It's not. It wasn't the work of your hands that got you saved. It cannot be the work of your hands that will keep you saved. It is faith in the blood of Christ that can keep a man saved, period. And we've talked about this. Does that mean I can now owe? Is as far as I have faith in Christ, I can do whatever I want. That is foolishness, not faith. If you think like that, that is foolish. And we've talked about this. But it's very important that we don't put ourselves at the center of the gospel, at the center of salvation, because then we miss it. It was God who became flesh and died for our sins. It was all about him. The gospel is God-centered. 
It's not about what we did to get to God. It's about what God did to get to us, to save us. And it's a perfect sacrifice. Jesus was the perfect lamb, sinless and spotless. The perfect sacrifice for sin. There can be no other. There will be no other. The Bible says no other name has been given on earth by which man could be saved except the name of Jesus. He said himself that he's the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. That's what gives us access. Your good deeds can never give you access because it's not even good enough. So Jesus is giving you his word that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life. I personally will raise him up at the last day. I will do it. In fact, this whole chapter is filled with Jesus just talking about this over and over again. Different words as if to tell us that, hey, I want you to be confident in this thing. Verse 47 as well says, I say to you most assuredly, he who believes in me has eternal life. Verse 51. All through this chapter, Jesus was saying it over and over again. Another vital scripture is Hebrews 6 from verses 17 to 20. Maybe the entire Hebrews 6 actually. And it says, Thus God determining to show how abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath and actually this uh, nkjv is too technical so let's read it in nlt so it says god also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind my goodness god swore an oath So that he will never change his mind concerning you. Verse 16 says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. I love that there. It's not that God will not lie or God does not lie. It's impossible. He doesn't have it in him to lie. Because God cannot lie, I can be confident in my salvation. Because if he says he will keep me, if he says not one of them will be lost, I can be confident that he will keep me from falling away. I may not be able to keep myself, but God can and he will. And so it says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And I know that this episode is very long, but I really just want to take my time for that one person that maybe has been battling with this. You're not sure. You can be sure. This is the word of God to you. He desires that you are sure about your salvation. Because even just looking back, there were other things that I could have been praying for, but I'm praying for salvation over and over again. 
when I can be partnering with the Holy Ghost to see God's kingdom on earth. When I can go about preaching the gospel, I'm over here, not even sure of my own salvation. Because it also stifles you more than anything. Because how do you want to go and be talking to someone about something you're not even sure that you have? It's very hard. So you can be sure about this. It is a This hope that we have is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. We have an anchor. We are sure. And so I'm just going to close with a few more scriptures. And this one really just drives the point home. And so this is Ephesians 1 from verse 13 to 14. And I really just want to speed through it. And it says, In him you also trusted. Talking about Jesus. After you have heard the word of of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The most important part of that verse 13 is after you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So after you've heard the presentation of the gospel and you have believed. And we've learned that belief produces actions. We know that. So you've truly believed in Jesus. Guess what happened at salvation? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And if you think about a seal, you know, we buy things all the time. And they will say, don't purchase if seal is broken. Even like your packages. They will tell you that if the seal is not there, then like it's been compromised, right? Don't take it. So he sealed you with something, with the Holy Spirit. He's your seal. So as long as you have the Holy Ghost in you, it is not possible that you will face eternal damnation. It is not possible. God's spirit cannot go to hell. If we want to even just say it like that. His spirit is inside of you. That is your assurance. That you are first flight. Maybe not first flight. If you are if you are still alive when Jesus comes. But never die gang. You cannot die. Death, where is your sting? We can't say that to all death, where is your sting? All grave, where is your victory? Jesus made a mockery of death. You can never die. The worst kind of death that can happen is to this earthly body. But your spirit on that day, your spirit will be quickened because you have the Holy Ghost. Pastor Aaron calls it like a jetpack. The Holy Ghost is your jetpack. And if you play jetpack joyride, you understand. (laughs) I play that game a lot. My goodness. But you will really understand. Because when you have that jetpack, you will fly high. And so you will go. There is nothing that will hold you back. No sin is sin enough. Beside the blood of Jesus, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing, not sin, not death, 
not hell, not the powers of hell. No scheme of man can ever pluck you from his hand. That is an assurance. That is an anchor for our souls. Second Corinthians one twenty two says the exact same thing. It says, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us as God, who also has sealed us and giving us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You know, some version says as a foretaste of the glory ahead. He's giving you the Holy Ghost as deposit, like I'm coming back for you. Here is proof. I leave you with my spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He didn't give you 10% Holy Ghost, no. He gave you 100% to assure you that I'm coming back for you. Jesus is coming again. And guess what? He's coming for us. His bride. And we will be ready. Now, this is getting very long. But my number one verse, especially when it comes to the talk, topic of assurance of salvation is jude 24 and this is because this was the verse that i saw in the scripture and this was my turning point verse if we are allowed to call it that i read it and i was awed and i believed i began to believe that i was saved and i became or i started getting sure that i was saved sure of my salvation confident in my salvation and verse 24 says now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to god our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen to him who is able Except you don't believe that God is able to keep you and you think that maybe it's in your hands and maybe you can keep yourself, then that's on you. But to him who is able to keep me from stumbling, to keep you from stumbling, he's able to hold you and to present you faultless. It doesn't say, it doesn't say you would have no faults. It says he's able to keep you from stumbling and he personally will present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior who alone is wise eternally. That's why we started this whole mini series about the power of God because it doesn't make sense. Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And this salvation is not in your hands. It's eternal. So it's possible to be confident. And this is just stirring in me a a desire for God, a fresh desire for God, fresh awe and love and reverence for what he did he's able to keep you from falling he's able to keep you from falling if you take nothing else but you take this verse and you run with this verse that's enough god is able to keep you from falling away and he alone will present you faultless before the throne 
Amen. Our Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you. Because you are indeed able to keep us from falling away. So we bring you glory, we bring you honor, we bring you majesty, we bring you power. Dominion and power is yours, God. Because you are able to keep us from falling away. Thank you for assurance in your word that we can stand not confident in our own works, in our own abilities to keep ourselves, but confident in the one who even initiated salvation, that he will finish the work he started. Thank you for giving us your spirit as a seal, as a guarantee, as a deposit, as a foretaste of the things to come. Father, I pray that going forward, we will walk with that assurance that we are saved. We will carry your gospel with that assurance that you are able to keep us from falling away. And Father, maybe if there's someone, a righteous one, one that you've called a son, a prodigal that has gone astray under the sound of my voice today, Father, I pray. That you bring them back to their senses. Because they, they have never lost their sonship. The prodigal son was still his son. So Father, remind them that they are still sons. Bring them back. And Father, we pray that you keep us. Keep us with you. Keep us by your side. Help us not to stray away. Thank you because there is forgiveness with you. Thank you because you don't impute sin. You don't impute sin for us. What a joy it is. What a privilege it is. That you will call us your own. That we will bear your last name. Father, help us not to take it for granted. Help us to walk in newness of life. Help us to walk out our salvation confident that you will keep us. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. You are so worthy. So Father, we say thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. That was a perfect remission for our sins. We could never repay you. So, Father, we give you our bodies, we give you our lives again as sacrifices. That you would do what you want because it's yours now. We present our bodies because this is all that makes sense for us to do. After you so lavished your love and your grace on us. And we pray that you take the most glory from our lives. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today, guys. I am so glad that you listened thus far. I hope this was encouraging to you. Maybe if you were not sure of your salvation, I hope that 
these this has really ministered to you i hope that the holy ghost will continue to speak to you and reassure you of his love of his faithfulness of his ability to keep you and i hope that you begin to walk in that assurance and that confidence that as short as his sacrifice was on the cross he's that sure that he can keep you I feel like I'm about to go into another prayer session again. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, thank you so much for listening, guys. I am so glad that you did. And um, I wanted to say this. Um, I want to specially thank everyone that has brought traffic to this podcast in one way or the other. Um, this is kind of long overdue uh, because it's been a while now but we did hit like a thousand plays we're well over a thousand now um and i was feeling two things so on one end i was like uh it's not that big of a deal like yeah you know and then on the other end of the spectrum it was kind of like wow you know and i'm just now thinking that even if i would say oh maybe i've listened to this podcast like 500 times like 500 of the plays maybe were from me that's 500 other times 500 plus other times that someone has listened and you know starting this i told myself it wasn't about the numbers but it matters and that's the truth as much as it's not about the numbers i'm not doing this for the numbers but the fact that 500 times outside someone has listened to this and you know i see countries like estonia i don't even know where that country is but someone there has listened to this podcast that is amazing i just want to say thank you thank you guys so much for sharing for sending feedback for reposting anything that you've done even you just listening you just being on the other end i kid you not is not intentional i know that god is so detailed with us that he would not just nothing is random nothing is random in this kingdom so i'm so glad that you are here i hope these continue to help you i hope that you grow in knowledge of christ in appreciation for the perfect work of christ i am so so grateful for you i'm glad that i i have like i don't know if i could call you guys friends um but i i have like friends that in countries i don't even know about so yes if you feel like ever reaching out to me i will be more than you know happy to hear from you um thank you so much for tuning in this is getting long um but i feel like it's very important that i do this and yes glory to god god is so amazing god is so amazing that wow i i'm short of words um but thank you thank you thank you and without further ado so yes if you haven't shared if you haven't you know listened to other episodes or you know you're not caught up or whatnot please feel free to do so if you feel like rating or giving a review it's never a bad idea like i'm just saying (laughs) but thank you guys so much for the support for the love it's crazy because i be inconsistent many times but you guys still come through and i'm so so grateful for you guys so yes yes without further ado i love you with the love of christ bye